Thank you for checking out the Warehouse Church Podcast. We would love to connect with you. Take a moment and visit us at warehousechurch.com. Wherever you are, we hope this message encourages you today. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, I am seriously offended by this move right here. You're only about an inch and a half taller than me, Eddie, so don't forget that. Hey, if you love Jesus, say amen. If God has done a great work in your life, will you put your hands together and give him just some praise this morning? It is an honor to be here. I'm fired up about what God is doing at the Warehouse Church. And uh, I want you to know the best is not behind you. The best is yet to come. Somebody say amen. And I also want you to know this, that God's got a great plan for all of our lives here today. And today this is a great day for for Joe and Billy and their family and and what God is doing. And and we believe that that God, you know, is doing an amazing work. Not only has he done an amazing work, Joe, he's going to continue doing amazing works. And and because of your faithfulness, your faithfulness, Billy, and the way you've you've given yourselves, you've surrendered your lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know, People's lives have been forever changed because whenever God does a great work, he raises up a great family. So can we just celebrate them one more time? Come on, somebody. Amen. It has been an honor to be a part of Joe's ordination, and, uh, and we don't take it lightly. And it's an honor for a church, like Warehouse Church, to see men and women of God raised up to not just be kingdom pretenders, but actually to become kingdom contenders. Because I believe this. I believe God... God's got a great plan and purpose for all of our lives today. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. If you really want to give God glory, one more time, celebrate the Lord for your salvation. Come on. We clap a lot in my church. People say all the time at Granite, why do you clap so much? Well, first of all, the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. And we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and his name is Jesus, and he's forever changed our lives. Amen. And to God be the glory, and I'm excited about that. And, and I also want to thank Pastor Ed and, and Kim and their family and, and Warehouse Church. Whether you realize it or not, um, you've made an investment in New England. You know, what's being done in New England, it's a God thing, but it takes a lot of men and women coming together, not competing with each other, but but completing each other, encouraging each other, doing ministry with each other. And you have sown seeds in New England. And one day, was you, you know, we all live in the here and now, but we know the when and then is coming. Somebody say amen. I mean, we're all going to step into eternity, and one day, you're going to meet a lot of people that you have influenced for Jesus Christ who have bowed their knees and they have confessed with their tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. So thank you, Warehouse Church, for your investment in our church and sharing your pastor and Joe and, and just your influence with us. So what we're going to do today is, is kind of I, I'm going to kind of do a double thing here. I, I want to challenge you, Joe and Billy. I want to challenge you with the word of God of why we do what we do. Uh, And and I also want to challenge you, Warehouse Church. We believe the word of God here at the Warehouse Church. We believe all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And Jesus said, my word is truth, and the truth shall set you. And we believe that, that God's word will not return void, that God's word is a game changer, that Jesus, he is, I mean, he is the ultimate thirst quencher. Amen. And, And for us at Warehouse Church, we're not about hype. 
you know, we're not about hype. We're about the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus showed up here on planet Earth. God became a man, Emmanuel, God with us. And, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. But ultimately, the message of Christ was this, that I have a better way to do that. I have a better way. Jesus is greater than religion. Somebody say amen. Uh, I, and the great thing about Jesus is this, Joe. I love this about the Lord. He meets people where they are, but he loves them too much to keep them there. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on, warehouse church. How many of you would admit today in church, and we got to tell the truth because we are in church, that you're sitting with somebody who has serious issues? Come on. Let's judge somebody in church today. You're, you're sitting next to somebody saying, yeah, they got issues, right? I'm, I'm so glad we serve a God who turns messes into messages. Amen. I'm glad you married the right woman, Joe. And you married way out of your league, by the way. I mean, you want to ever you ever worry about what is the grace of God in your life? Just look to your right. That's called grace right there, okay? And, uh, and so thank God for that. But I'm thankful for what God is doing. And so, Joe, what I want to do is I want to remind you, and I want to remind all of us here at Warehouse Church, why we do what we do. And it all starts with why Jesus did what he did. The first thing I want you to know, and I don't know, I barely know anybody in here. I don't know if this is your first time at Warehouse Church, if you've been here for years. But I want you to hear this. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. God's not mad at you. Matter of fact, John 3.16 says this, Joe. And it's a verse that if we're not careful, we'll just, you know, robotically just repeat. And we'll forget the incredible depth of love and truth here where it says, For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, I love verse 17. That God the Father didn't send his son, Joe, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And we know that. And what an incredible truth that God didn't send his son, Jesus, Emmanuel. God didn't become a man so he could judge us, but he would become his, uh, our judge, he would take upon himself our judgment. The, the, the just would become unjust, that God would treat his son in such a way that we could be treated as sons and daughters through faith in Christ. If you're excited about that, put your hands together. Come on, somebody. Amen. But, Joe, here's the thing. Here's the thing about ministry, and as Pastor Eddie said a few minutes ago, I mean, we spent a lot of time with Joe uh, Friday night really talking about ministry and what it means, and every pastor went around the room, and we shared verses, and we talked about the ministry and this calling, uh, what God has done in your life. And, and, and I want you to understand this, that Jesus didn't just come here to save us. Now, stay with me. And I want you to hear this, Joe. Jesus didn't do all he do, did simply to save people. He didn't do that. He didn't come here to save people only. Somebody say only. You want to know why Jesus Christ came? Because we needed to be rescued. Jesus didn't just come here to save us. Jesus Christ came here to rescue us because outside of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come, come short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says, A-L-L, all. Everybody, I want you to put this finger up. Come on, put this finger up. Start shaking it like this. And on the count of three, look at somebody around you and say, you're not the exception. Ready? One, two, three. You're not the exception. I want you to know this, that outside of Jesus Christ, we were not only lost. People aren't just lost, Joe. They're being held captive by sin and the devil. 
And so Jesus Christ didn't just come here to save us. He came here to rescue us. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, it says, Then they will come to their senses. Isn't that what we want people to do? We just want people to come to their senses. And if words are bolded, capitalized, or underlined, I want you to read that with me, church. If you're hearing me, give me a uh-huh. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. Listen to this, Joe. This is huge. For they have been, they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. And I want you to know there's an intensity here that Jesus didn't just come to find us who were simply lost, wandering around in our sin. We were literally spiritual POWs of the devil. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. I want you to know in Luke chapter 16, Joe, there's a true story that Jesus said. And he said this, there were two men who died, but they did not cease to exist, Joe. And the wages of sin is death. That outside of Jesus Christ, if we die in our sin, if mankind dies in their sin, the default location of man is hell. And two things broke in the garden that day, Joe, and it was this. The heart of God broke. Not only did sin break our relationship with God, but God's heart broke. And in John chapter 3, in Genesis 3.15, God said, but we're going to do something about that. And one day God became a man to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. To do for people, Joe, what religion can't do for them, what baptism can't do for them, what church attendance can't do for them. And I want you to know, Joe, that as, as a man of God and as you continue to grow into the destiny and move towards what God's ultimate plan for your life is, understand this, that people are being held captive by the devil. And just like Jesus came to rescue us, he says, as a father has sent me, so send I you. Come on, church. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's the word of God today. And it literally means this, Joe, that there are people that we love and care about. Every one of you sitting in here today, you have a family member, you have a friend, you may have a son, a daughter, a grandchild. I have five grandchildren. Any grandparents in the house? Come on. Coolest people in the room right there. I'm just telling you, hands down. Having my fifth grandchild in December. But there are people that we love and we care about, that we work with each and every day. And I want you to hear this, that, the, that our friends and our family, they're not simply lost. They're not just simply lost wandering around in the dark. They're being held captive by sin and the devil. And the devil's going to do anything he can, Joe. Anything he can. The devil doesn't play fair, but he plays for keeps. Don't ever forget that, Joe. So Jesus said, I can do something about that, and I'm going to do something about that. And I will raise up men and women, and I will raise up a people, and I will raise up pastors and pastors' wives, and I will, I will fill them with my spirit, and I will send them out to carry my word to the nations. And I will do something through them that will forever change people's lives. Joe, what we do matters. Life is short. Eternity is long. Now listen to me, and the stakes are way too high to play games. And again, I don't know where most, I don't know many of you in this room, but I'll tell you this. People really do die. And people who die without Jesus Christ, and I hate this. I wish I could rip this out of God's word, but it's not my word, it's his holy word. Amen. And people who die without Jesus Christ go to hell. That's the bad news, but there's some great news, Joe. It's called the good news. And we get to go around and tell people it doesn't have to be that way. Because even though the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Come on, celebrate, church. Thank God 
thank God that we get to be hope dispensers. See, Warehouse Church, we're not about hype. We're, hype's not going to change anybody's life. But if we'll ground them in the hope of Jesus Christ, if we'll ground them in the hope of his word, people's lives will be forever changed. Amen. And I know your heart, Joe, and I know you're willing to be, un- to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, to do whatever, it need- whatever needs to be done to bring people to Christ. God did whatever he needed to do, didn't he? God became a man. Can you, can you believe that? Philippians says he made himself of no reputation. You want to know how, how, how much God loves you? That God became a man and he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. God is crazy in love with you. He loves you. And not only does he love you, he loves your family, your friends. He loves this area. He loves Warehouse Church. And he, and he wants us to do anything and everything we can, go, Joe, to go everywhere telling everyone about Jesus, that there is hope, that people do not have to die in their sin, Joe, that God says we can make a difference. And we get to enter into this divine partnership. And here's the cool thing. And we said this, Billy, to Joe Friday night. I said, we don't got to do this. I know that's horrible English, Pastor Eddie. I get it. We don't got to do this. We get to do this. How cool is it that we get to serve Jesus? Come on, church. How cool is that? I love that. Jesus himself, Jose, passed the mission on to us. This isn't a church idea. This isn't Pastor Eddie's idea. Oh, yeah, that'll be cool. Let's just, you know, let's just, uh, just be a gospel church. No, no, no. This came from Jesus. See, here's the gospel. The gospel according to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is this, that Jesus Christ was crucified, he was buried, and three days later something game-changing happened. Jesus rose again from the dead. Come on, church. Come on, warehouse church. Jesus is alive today. And that matters. Because a dead person, there's no hope in a dead person, but he's alive. And I love just before, after his resurrection and before his ascension. By the way, to me, the resurrection is the greatest aha, I told you so moment in all of history. You imagine three days later, Jesus, anybody can say they're going to rise again. Jesus made all these promises, but three days after his crucifixion, he started showing himself. And I kind of, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, ha ha, I told you. Now what? I am who I said I am, and I can do what I said I can do. That's what the resurrection tells us. Come on, church. Amen. Isn't that good? The resurre- You don't have to question God. You don't have to doubt him. The resurrection proves that Jesus is who he said he is, and he can do what he said he can do. But in Matthew chapter 28, and Joe, this is huge. Post-resurrection, prior to his ascension, Jesus now says in Matthew 28, Jesus, verse 18, came and told his disciples, I have been given. Now listen, when did he say that? Post-resurrection. Anybody can say, hey, I'm in charge, I'm God. But all of a sudden, this man who claimed to be Messiah, son of God, Emmanuel, proved without any doubt that he is who he said he is. He can do what he said he can do. And he looks at his church and he says, now do I have your attention? Your attention, please. 
And he looks at his church that day and he says, listen, now you get it, don't you? I am the great I am. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Come on, warehouse church. Come on, amen. And God says, now that I'm alive again, you get it. Now I have all authority. I am God, Jesus said. And because he as a resurrected king, right, who resurrected me as we sing, he says, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. And he says, listen, if you don't get anything else, I taught you for three and a half years, Jesus said to his church, if we're going to miss on something, let's not miss this. If we're going to miss some of the lessons, let's not miss this one. If you're going to miss the golden rule, okay, we really should treat people the way we want to be treated. And by this, you all men know that you're my disciples. You have love one for another. I mean, you may struggle with some of that. But here's the one thing we can't miss, Joe. And Jesus says, based on my authority, therefore, go and make what, church? Disciples of all nations. He says, go everywhere telling everyone about me. Go everywhere telling everyone that they don't have to die and go to hell. Go everywhere telling everyone. Because here's the thing, Joe. If we mess up on anything, let's not mess up with the gospel. Let's not mess up with eternity. Because people really do die, Joe. And one day they're going to step into eternity. And as pastors, we got to live in the here and now knowing there's a when and then coming. It is appointed unto men once to die and after this to judgment. And I want you to know, Jesus Christ, he's not only a life changer and a game changer, he's an eternity changer. And so Jesus said, if we're going to miss some things, let's not miss this thing. And as pastors, we got to be committed to the, to the great commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teach these what, church? Say it again, these what? There you are, to obey all the commands I have. He says, I am who I said I am, and I can do what I said I can do. And I am the resurrected king, and I have all authority. And because eternity hangs in the balance, and the stakes are way too high to play games, Joe, Billy, we've got to do everything we can to get people to the cross. Because at the end of the day, what really matters is this. It's not about the fame and the fortune here and the prestige here and the popularity here. It's about where people are going to spend eternity. Amen, church. And why would we do this? Why would we do this, Joe? Why, Billy? I love this verse here. Colossians chapter 1 says this. Ready? Ready? And listen. For he has. Let's do it again. For he has. Hey, man, there was a day and a time in your life outside of Jesus Christ that you were destined to hell. But Jesus showed up and did what only Jesus could do. And he, he said, listen, I'll come into your life, and you must be born again. And you were born again unto as children of God. And, and God forever changed your life. He rewrote your story. He changed the trajectory of your life. He gave you hope. He gave you healing. If you want to give God glory today for that, put your hands together, church. Amen. He rescued you. And I love this. Jesus didn't just save you. I think sometimes we're so casual with the salvation part, Joe. I think church, sometimes we're too casual. Oh, yeah, Jesus died for me. No, no, he didn't just die for you. He fought hell for you. He fought sin for you. He, he, he went the distance for you. Jesus didn't tap out. You want to know why? Because he was willing. He was willing to go to war so he could free you and rescue you and bring you back home to the Father. Come on, church. Amen. 
He rescued me. I'm not simply a saved man. I'm a rescued man. God stepped into my mess and he turned it into a message. He stepped into my test and he turned it into a testimony. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Amen. Why the intensity, Joe, as a pastor, don't you ever forget what Jesus did for you. The, 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 the tendency is in the ministry, and as Pastor Eddie and I already said, and, and we get to talk to pastors all around the country and the world, sometimes if we're not careful, if we get away from what Jesus did for us, our passion turns into practice. Our devotion turns into duty. And instead of being on rescue missions, we start running church programs. And church programs don't change anybody's lives. Only Jesus can. And people move people. And God raises up shepherds and pastors to speak into the lives of the, of the sheep of the church to send them out on rescue missions. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. Church, here's a here's the thing. I say this. I think part of the Holy Spirit's job in our life is to to afflict the comforted, not only to comfort the afflicted. I think sometimes He needs to afflict the comforted and get us out of our comfort zones and realize that we're not simply saved, but we have been rescued, and our family's not simply lost, but they're being held prisoners by sin and the devil. If you're with me, give me a uh huh. Here's what the Bible says. Somebody say the Bible. For he has rescued us from thee and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Listen to verse 14. Joe, I love this. Who, what church? And, man, here's the thing. You don't determine the value of something by the price tags on, that, that's been put on it. You determine the value of something by what you're willing to pay for it. And Jesus paid it all. And all to him we owe. Don't you ever forget, Joe, you're not only saved, you've been rescued. And there are people that still need to be rescued. Amen, church. And so this is why Colossians chapter 1, as pastors, as churches, warehouse church, listen to me. There are people in this community that only you are going to reach. The church down the street isn't going to reach them. The, the, your, your friend's not going to reach them. There are people that your story will resonate with. There are people that only warehouse church. God has a plan, a purpose, and a great destiny for this church. If you believe it, put your hands together. Come on, warehouse. We've got to step into what God's called us to do. And because we've been freed, we've been rescued because of the price Christ has paid. Because we're not simply saved, Joe. We're rescued. Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. So we. Say, why are you so passionate? Well, hold on a second. I'm not just saved. I was rescued. You don't understand. I have three beautiful kids that are in the ministry with me, and they weren't just lost. There was a time they were being held by sin and Satan, and Jesus rescued them. I've got five grandkids that the devil's after, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, and I'm not tapping out on my kids, Joe, and I'm not tapping out on my grandkids, and I'm determined to get my children to the cross because the cross 
changes the game because Jesus is the ultimate game changer. Amen. I love that. Colossians chapter 1. What an incredible verse. It goes on to say that we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their Pastor Dave talked about it a few minutes ago. This isn't about religion. Jesus didn't come here to establish religion. He came here to bring us into a relationship, to restore our relationship with Christ. Aren't you thankful for that? Somebody say amen. Verse 29, Joe, here it is, man. Paul lands the plane. And he says, that's why I work. Joe, the ministry, hardworking. You already know that. Paul says, that's why I work. Oh, by the way, it's not only work, it's why I work and at times struggle so hard. Because it's a battle, isn't it, Billy? Because there's some times when I just want to tap out. There's some times, whether you realize it or not, there are times when people, not everybody in my church always loves me. I've been taking off some Christmas card lists in the past few years. But I'm going to tell you two things we're never, we're not going to bail on. There's two, two hills we'll die on, die on at Granite, the gospel hill and the hill of grace. We're going to die on the hill of the gospel because people need Jesus. And we're going to die on the hill called grace because if it weren't but for the grace of God, there go I. Amen. And Paul says some, it's always about hard working, and sometimes it's going to be a struggle. And the devil's going to want you to tap out, but don't you forget, you're not just saved. You've been rescued. That's why I work so hard. And here it is, Joe, depending on my power. I've got the power. No, 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 no. Depending on Christ's mighty power. That what, church? You can do. And don't you ever let the devil tell you both you can. You can do all things through Christ. Who will give you strength. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, this church is kind of fired up. We are fired up. Because what we do matters. Amen, church? And we are fired up. And maybe you're saying, man, the gospel and what Jesus did. And I'm listening to what you're saying here that Jesus didn't just come to save us. And I want you to know Jesus did not come here to save you only. He came here to rescue you. And maybe there's somebody sitting here right now and you say, preacher, to be honest with you. You talked about sin and people having issues. And the truth is, I I. I grew up in a religious system, and I don't feel, I, I'm not in a relationship with Christ. Hey, can I say this to you? Let me repeat it. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you, and he's waiting for you to come home today. The Bible says, for whosoever will may come. The Bible says, for whosoever shall calls, calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Somebody say amen. God's not disappointed in you. He hasn't turned his back, crossed his arms and said, you deal with it. Hey, Jesus said, I'll be a bridge. I'll breathe new life in you. See, here's why Jesus Christ left heaven and came here to rescue us and to give us a clean heart 
and a brand new start. Maybe today you say, preacher, that's me. I need a clean heart. I need a brand new start. I need to begin a relationship with Christ. Maybe today you'll say yes. See, Jesus already demonstrated his love toward us. And while we are still sinners, he said, I love you so much, I will die for you. And he died so that we could forever live. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. 